A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this World Game Changers podcast episode today. I am joined by a gentleman from Albuquerque, New Mexico, United States, America. A gentleman by the name of Drum Norton. Drum, a very warm welcome to you, sir. Thank you, Paul. It's my pleasure to be here. And a little bit of a twist today, listeners, because in this episode of um, Young, Young Game Changes, I think it's fair to say, certainly in the UK, we have a definition or a guideline uh, for young people, and it's up to and including the age of 24. And I think it's fair to say that maybe, just maybe, drum might be 24 plus. So we kind of flirted with creativity a touch here, but either way, I'm sure it's going to be a fascinating conversation. But you can be you can be the judge of that, listener, as you know, as you always are. So, drum. Without further ado. Let's dive in. So, you know, we could come at this from many angles from a young person's perspective. Um, when I was young, change the world, you know, you choose. Where do we even start with this massive, massive scope of, well, just those two titles, for example? Well, there is so many things going on in the world, and it's almost as if the the powers at B that have been in place for so many years, whether you call it decades or centuries or whatever, something is shifting. And you see that by the value systems between millennials, between boomers, and now we've got Gen Z coming on the scene. They all seem to have different value systems. And thank God for that, because from my perspective, we need to change. Mm. I'll tell you what's interesting listening to you speak there, Drum, a word, not just from what you've mentioned two or three times there already, but a word, a word I'm hearing increasingly over and over and over again, irrespective of where the guest is from. And that word is values. I'm mm -hmm. hearing that very, very, very consistently with guests. What what is this? What is the significance of this word values from all of? I'm I'm saying all of a sudden. Is it all of a sudden? You know, it, it's like we see. You know, so many people describe. Oh, this is a breakthrough. This is a breakthrough. No, it's never a break. Or I shouldn't say never. It's rarely a breakthrough. It's usually the result of a lot of work behind the scenes. In this case, it's a lot of work behind the scenes, but it is some breakthrough stuff because these generations come in have different values. They're, they're much more about the collective consciousness. They're much more about supporting others rather than being it all about me, which you see that with, with the older generations. Mm. 
I'd like to play to you or feedback to you, John, if I may, a comment that I've heard, you know, not sort of diving into generalizations per se, but a comment yet again from our, our younger generation that I've heard more than once. And, and I'm kind of paraphrasing a touch here, but we are sick of the old guard. Oh, you, you mean the, the ones that we described from the boardroom as pale, male, frail and stale? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's just say, yeah, yeah, because irrespective of whether they're in the boardroom or not, does that, I mean, can that be used, Drum, as a kind of, uh, you know, hasten to use generalizations and stereotypes, but as a kind of, you know, when we say the old guard and, you know, to use that kind of uh, very humorous example that you've given there, but the older generation, because certainly younger generation, from what I can gather, they just think that they're so out of touch with what is reality to them. There's this massive gap, isn't there? You know, not just in terms of uh, years on written down on paper, be that sort of, I don't know, 16 written backwards is 61, and more than just numbers on a paper. But I don't know, is it a sign of, kind of getting a bit older drum when you when you do really realize this massive gap between us and that's reinforced by young people's comments well i think you're absolutely right paul you know it reminds me of the the movie the american president which you know was a a really nice light rom-com romantic comedy but there was some real wisdom in that and President Andrew Shepard, which was, was played by Michael Douglas, is giving a talk about politics. And he says in that, well, you get this group of people who are longing for older times and they want to make other people, you know, the, the villains in all this because they have a different stance. Well, the problem with that is people's memory and it has nothing to do with being old what we remember about a certain event changes over time mm -hmm. it becomes much more emotional and we take a certain stance on it you know look longing for those good old times those good old times were not necessarily good but because of the time between them we look at it and going back to the values again our values are more aligned with those quote good old times and these new young whippersnappers coming up to use a, a term <laughs> that we have in America, you know, is, you know, they don't know what they're talking about. They're too young. You know, you take a look at uh, AOC, uh, Alexandria Casio Cortez, I believe that's her name, representative from New York in the U.S. Congress. She and a number of folks come out, came out with what's called the Green New Deal. And it is very, very much environmentally sound. It does a lot of good things for the economy, but people immediately discount it because it's not the old way, uh, big oil, things along those lines. And so mm -hmm. the good old times weren't necessarily good. It's just our memory thinking that it was better than it is now. The trap of nostalgia. And you're absolutely right, because one of the overriding memories of my, uh, my, my matriarchal grandmother, Winnie, um, I can remember on countless occasions, 
saying, Drum, do you know our Paul, they call them the good old days. Do you know what? They weren't the good old days. They were harsh times. They were survival times. And, and, and yeah, more or less saying what you've just said there, that, you know, time plays tricks. And, and that's a filtering system that we have as human beings, isn't it? We let go of the, the pain, if we can, and replace it. So it serves us, helps us to get along a bit better, doesn't it? It certainly can. It you know it doesn't necessarily make it that much better. I mean, I look back to my academic times, and yeah, I've got an academic training. I've I've got my piled higher and deeper degree, and uh, you know a lot of my clients tell me that too. By the way, <laughs> but anyway, with that, you know, we look back, and there's something called the ladder of inference, and it relates back to some of the previous experiences we have. We don't, the, the human mind sees only about, or the eyes that register, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it registers only about a hundredth of actually what we see. Mm-hmm. And there's this quick filtering system that goes on that filters out stuff that we think isn't relevant to us based on our previous experiences and our memories. And so when we have that going on, we may miss something that is completely relevant, that's really important, but because it doesn't register with our quote value system, then we discard it. We, we totally miss the point. There's also a train of thought. Um, I think it stems from one of your fellow countrymen, um, from the uh, the American coach Tony Robbins. Uh, I'm fairly sure on that. Uh, where he, uh, but I'm paraphrasing slightly. Where he says we will compromise our values to meet our needs. You know, he puts that in the context of the six human needs model which, you know, listeners or regular listeners will know, I absolutely massively, massively resonate and endorse that particular uh, model. Any thoughts around that drum, around we will compromise our values to meet our needs? Well, I, you know, I don't know. I've, I think sometimes that is in fact the case, but the question is, are they your real values or are they values that somebody has said, you need to do this, you need to be this certain way. So mm-hmm. I don't think people will, will compromise their true values, what they really believe in, but they will compromise other values based on what they've learned. Mm. And in terms of this, this recurring theme, this very deep recurring theme of values, I mean, when we look at, and if I can be allowed to use the very broad general term of a better world, inverted commas, you know, what kind of values, you know, do, do we need to be upholding drug? Do we need to be practicing, instilling in our young, reinforcing? What were some of the things that, that sort of naturally come to mind to you? Well, some people would call it socialist. But I think one of the values that we need to look at is how are we helping our fellow man and woman? Uh, My generation, baby boomers, it was really all about how much can we earn? How much can we make? How much can we keep for ourselves and enjoy what we wanna do? 
Whereas the longer, younger generations, Gen X, Millennial, and, and, and Gen Z, you know, it's much more about how do we work together as a team? For boomers, and, you know, this is my opinion, whether it's, you know, based on research or not, boomers look at it as a team as, a, as something to accomplish something so that I can get rewards. It's more of a capitalistic system necessary. Whereas millennials and Gen X, a team is something that's just inherent in the way they operate. Uh, you talk about values. The values of teamwork are incredibly important. And I, and I go back to a book that was, you know, a seminal work for me, which really changed the way I thought about things. It was a book written back in the mid nineties by Ari de Geis, who was a consultant for Royal Dutch Shell. And the, the, book was called The Living Company. And what he did was he studied companies over multiple years and seeing, when I say multiple years, I mean multiple centuries. And, you know, what made those companies really excel? And he came up with a model of two different companies. One was the economic company, which is in business to create wealth for a select few. And then what he called the living company, which was in business to stay in business and create an environment in which its employees can grow and thrive. Profits are important in that company, in the living company, but they're not the primary thing. Whereas an economic company, and you see this with many companies who are you know, public companies on the US stock exchanges, things like that. It's all about shareholder price, shareholder value versus stakeholder value, which is you know, value for an entire society. Mm, interesting shareholder versus stakeholder i feel there's a podcast in there somewhere probably a six <laughs> maybe a six hour one um this teamwork thing i mean i've obviously drum i've got the benefit of knowing you know quite a bit about your background do you want to just take a few moments to share with us because you've led a fascinating you've had a fascinating journey haven't you uh, I don't know if you can call it fascinating or not, but it's the one that I get to do. And, you know, for somebody else, it might be just, oh, you've got to be kidding me. You have to do that type of thing. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you got to laugh about these things, Paul. And really, if you, if you don't laugh, most of the time you're crying. Absolutely. And I think there again, you know, as humans, as a generalization, boy, do we take ourselves too seriously. Oh, you think? <laughs> just a bit so yeah i mean do you want to share a little bit about your journey so far sure uh you know i was you know i live i've lived overseas for 19 years i've visited worked in vacationed in probably 50 different countries i've been on five different continents uh never made it to australia Never made it to Antarctica. Maybe I'll get there. Maybe I won't. Um, first part of my career, I flew airplanes in the Navy and spied on people for a living. And I can't tell any more than that because I'd have to kill you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> the, the second portion of my career, I worked in industry as a consultant primarily or e-commerce manager at Dell Computer. So I got some, some big company experience. And I went back and 
got my master's and my PhD in human and organization systems from the Fielding Graduate University out of Santa Barbara. And I've been an academe since then as a faculty member, department chair, provost, administration, and uh, as a consultant, which is what I do now. Um, the, it has been a very interesting path for me because I get to work with all sorts of folks, whether they be boomers, Gen X, millennials, Gen Z, which is, you know, born after 1995. And what I find is everybody in their own way cares about other people. They just have different ways of showing it and, you know, different value systems as well. Mm. That's why, listeners, I said it was fascinating. I think by any stretch of the imagination, that is a fascinating, discrete, certainly a very diverse one, uh, and, you know, in my humble opinion, fascinating as well. So thank you for that, Chair. So going back to the values thing of, you know, to quote um, Dr. Stephen Covid, leave the world a better place. You know, you mentioned teamwork as being critical. Is it one of those that we can't really put enough emphasis on how critical it is for us to unite as a, as, you know, for, from a humanity perspective, more than ever, more than ever, John. You know, times are very challenging at the risk of stating the obvious. And the world needs collectivity now, doesn't it? Rather than this, you know, I'm okay, Jack, to coin a, an old phrase. I think you're absolutely right, Paul. Uh, one of the big challenges that I see, it needs teamwork and it needs groups of people, but it has to be surrounding a concept, a good concept, a truthful concept. I mean, you, what you see right now in, in the U.S. is you have a huge political schism between Democrats and Republicans. And I just recently read that the, 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 oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I, I suffer from this disease called CRS. It means can't remember squat. <laughs> so the, the, the price of admittance into the quote, current Republican party is to say that the election was stolen from Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And now there's no evidence of that, but that is the price of admission into the current Republican party. That is not a truthful statement, but you have people coalescing around that statement. And I think it's, it's not only the values, but it's one value in particular, truth. What is truth? And can people align themselves with what is truth? Mm. Is, that sub is that being oversimplistic to say that truth is very subjective? Uh, it depends on what truth you're talking about, I think. Mm. <laughs> in, in some people's minds, truth is subjective. But, and that's one of the, I think, one of the, the challenges with what's happened in, in the United States and America over the, the past four, four and a half years is truth has become a casualty. You know, we heard fake news, fake news. This is not true. And you get so much partisan rancor going on. You get certain uh, media outlets who are spouting 
ridiculousness. And until somebody slaps a $2 billion suit on them, they will continue to do this type of thing. You know, Fox News is a great example of this. Until Fox News got hit with a lawsuit by voting machines, they continued to say some of the same things. And then they had to do a mea culpa with that. Now, have they continued? Yeah, but it's not so much about truth as it is about selling advertising and having mm. more eyeballs on the, uh, the page. So going back to your, your question or your, your comment about values and you know, will values be thrown aside via necessity? Well, in, in this particular case, I would say yes, but what is the value and what is the necessity? Mm. Yes. I seem to do a lot of quoting around uh, particularly Americans. So, you know, why break the mold? Let, let me continue the, uh, the theme, listeners. And yeah, again, you've heard me mention this on more than one occasion, but Bob Dylan, when um, his phrase or one of his turn of phrases, the winds of change are blowing. Do you feel, Drum, that the winds of change are blowing throughout the world? This, you know, I certainly feel there's something different, what the French call the je ne sais quoi. Don't know what it is, but there's something profoundly different unfolding. And I'm going to go a stage further for the better. I think so. I hope so. But it remains to be seen as to how it all shakes out. You know, the optimist in me, my spiritual sense says, this is all part of the process we need to go through to move to a quote, higher age. The skeptic in me says, let's wait and see if we get there. Mm. Is it fair to say as well, assume, and we should never assume of course, but is it fair to say that to get there or certainly to embark upon the path, there's a big place and space for our younger generation, which one might argue in previous uh, paths, they've been forgotten, left behind. What do you know? You're only young. All that patronizing rhetoric that's prevailed for, I wouldn't just say decades, but certainly for a long time. I think you're absolutely right, Paul. Uh, there is a major role for millennials, for Gen Z, for Gen X to make the change. It's like that old saying, be the change you want to see. Mm. I think that's critical at this point in time. I mean, you take a look at younger folks, the, the woman from Scandinavia, Greta, who talking about environmental and how we're polluting the planet, et cetera. That's just example of one person who using social media has taken her voice to call people out on, call people out on their belief system around the environment. Uh, the young woman who read the, uh, the poem at Joe Biden's inauguration, same way, uh, the Meg and William, not Meg, not William, uh, Harry, breaking away from the institution of the monarchy 
to go their own way. I mean, we're seeing these kind of things and we're going to see more of them. And what we're going to see is when someone comes out and does something like this, we're going to see more and more people align with the value systems that they are espousing. And I think that will help drive some of the change that's needed. Mm. Kind of reinforces um, Trump, doesn't it? That earlier comment that I made around this disregard for want of a better word that you know the younger generation have for the old guard. You know, this okay, you might have done it that way yesterday, but that ain't going to be right for today. And it certainly ain't going to be right for tomorrow. Kind of brings in ironically uh, an opportunity to introduce another American listeners. Um one of Dr. W. Edwards Deming. And I think it's fair to say that uh, he, uh, he more or less built the Japanese economy um, on the back of the Second World War with his whole radical approach to, you know, bringing people in and uniting people. And, you know, this whole kind of approach of, well, unity and quality circles and quality management. I mean, talk about taking cold to the Geordies. Uh, that Britishism. Are, are you familiar with that saying, drunk taking cold to the Geordies? No, I haven't, but uh, I'm sure it's got a pretty good meaning behind it. Right. Okay. So the Geordies is a term that we use as Brits use for people up in the Northeast, like Newcastle area, Sunderland area, very industrial area, which decades ago was dominated by the pits, the coal mines. And so there's an old saying, it's a bit like taking, I suppose, ice cream to the Eskimos um, and cold to the Geordies. You're taking stuff to their own people. They've sold it you, but you're taking it back to them. Um, Got it. Got yeah. it. It's like trying to sell ice to Eskimos or something like that. Absolutely. Or dare I say, preaching to the converted is probably a parallel phrase. Yeah. Or preaching to the choir over here. I don't know. My, my, my favorite... Uh, Brit saying is Bob's your uncle. <laughs> the, um, I mean, what a fascinating thread of conversation to, to get onto. I was speaking yet again, let's keep this very consistent with one of your fellow Americans, a mutual friend of ours uh, that we spoke about previously, Martin. Um, and the phrase $64,000 question came up, drum, and uh, Martin researched it. And apparently it was, uh, well, do you know where that came from before I let the cat out of the bag? I do not, know. Right, okay. Um, this was very recently. Apparently it was a 50s, uh, finished in 1958, I believe, American quiz show, where you doubled up, you doubled up, you doubled up, you got to a maximum $64,000. <laughs> and that makes perfect sense. And they, they tried to recreate that. Uh, in fact, I think there was a, a Brit game show that went up to a million dollars, wasn't there, just recently? Yeah, who wants to be a millionaire? And that made there the we go. international headlines because a, a, a retired army major won the million but was found to be cheating. <laughs> you know, if you're not cheating, you're not trying hard enough, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I was brought up in a very, uh, just let's say, colourful fraternity. And there was an adage that prevailed there drum amongst uh, certain, a certain quarter that said, the crime is not the crime, the crime is getting caught. 
Well, ask Richard Nixon that one. <laughs> the co- the cover up is always worse than the actual crime. Yeah. <laughs> so um, okay. So the one thing, the one thing, drum. So you know, from your wisdom, experience, hopes, fears, call it what you will. You know, if you was to pick out one thing, because you've seen a lot of changes in life um, across the board, both obviously personally within your career and you know, in a more widespread sort of, dare I say, from a perspective of humanity, you know, the world's changed dramatically. Um, but if you could pick out one thing, Drum, just one thing that you would kind of put that metaphoric arm around the shoulder to a young person that was empowered, um, not necessarily to lead the world, you know, not necessarily your Greta Gunbergs and the likes, but what would that be? What would be the one thing that you would focus on that say, if we put all our energies here, this will make a radical change in the world? I think, Paul, this one's going to surprise you a little bit. But having said that, if I were to give one piece of advice to young folks coming out is or coming up is learn who you are, who is your true self? Without understanding who you truly are, you'll never understand what it is you can accomplish. Mm-hmm. So learn yourself. Don't, you know, you get hints from people throughout your life, you know, through introspection, looking at how people react to you, different things like that. But inside of each of us is that true self. And until you learn who you are, that true self, and what your purpose is, you're just spinning your wheels. Okay. So as is my way with the, uh, with these episodes, Drum, I want to finish off with one critical, powerful question, but just hold that thought for a moment. I'd like to invite you in, if I may, to share your contact details you know, where people might be able to reach out, uh, you know, to, to connect with you, find out a little bit more about you. Um, what, what's your contact de- details, Ron? Uh, the, uh, the best way to get a hold of me is probably through LinkedIn. My profile is pretty unique. It's Drum, D-R-U-M-M, last name McNaughton, M-C-N-A-U-G-H-T-O-N. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me. And, you know, if you want to have a conversation, let's start there. Mm, brilliant. Thank you. So the, the final question then from the final question, and you mentioned two words there, you know, that who am I, that, that timeless question that I'm sure to some degree or other, we've all asked ourselves. Um, but you also mentioned a very, very critical word in my, uh, word in my humble opinion, purpose. And I, I love this, this kind of particular thread of dance around this question. And my question, it's a chicken and egg scenario question, John. Which one's the most critical? Who am I or what's my purpose? Why is there a difference? It doesn't have to be. I mean, are they, are they you know, are they polarized? Are they united? Does, does one take precedence? Because the reason I ask this particular question is so much from my understanding and research, and I've really dug down over this over the years, 
it's portrayed as an either or. You know, there is a priority to one above the other. You can't answer, you know, I think if the polls are led to be, you know, you've got to answer the first one, who am I, before you can identify your purpose. I personally challenge that. I challenge that radically. So that's why I was just kind of interested in your own thoughts around this, John. Yeah, you know, you can you can make an argument for either one, but I think until you understand who you truly are, you're you're not going to know what your purpose is. And then if you know what your purpose is, you will discover who you truly are. So is it a chicken and egg or is it two eggs or two chickens? I, I don't know. <laughs> and on that quandary, listeners, and that humorous note, I think we'll sign off there. Drum, a very, very warm thank you for, for being part of this. Well, I, well, I personally feel it's been a fascinating conversation. I hope you do too, listeners. So thank you, Drum. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on the show, Paul. And all that remains now, listeners, uh, is to sign off. And I'm going to say humorously because I think that's, uh, I certainly feel that's the energy that's uh, that's been sown through this podcast dance between Drum and myself is to say, remember, the world's changing. How will you respond? Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world is changing. How will you respond? <laughs>